0: This is the moment you've all been
1: waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast.
2: It's Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for
3: Breakfast this is not Nam. this is bowling there are
1: rules
4: today junior america
1: mistake
4: 4 best so stand by
2: This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by ManRubs. Rubs, barbecue tools, glow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear. For you to make barbecue great again, can be found at manrubs.com and an Instagram, ManRubs. Use the code STAKE15 for 15% off.
5: The Pillow King of Minnesota, and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family, still celebrating the launch of the MyPillow version 2.0. You know, promo code it here at checkout. You're going to enjoy that savings if you're more of a morning person they've launched my coffee it's available in the bean the bag and the pod you enter promo code Stake there you're gonna get 25% off your order 50% off when you make it a monthly subscription mypillow.com forward slash steak if you want the pillows if you want the coffee mystore.com forward slash steak or you can always talk to a qualified pillow representative 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment specializing in headphones can only be found at odyssey whether you're gaming potting Getting two ambassadors for the price of one today? Oh. Get those ear needs taken care of and done upright. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree it. It'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to everyone joining us today from the Republican High Command, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Twitter, Getter, and Truth Social. Welcome. Tuesday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 223. I'm Rowan. Noah's here. Yo. Guys, we've got a packed show. Like I said, two ambassadors, Rick Grinnell and Jeffrey Ross Gunter will be here. So we'll catch Patel a little bit later in the show. got a ton of stuff developing. What's going on with Donald Trump? What's going on with China and Russia? We'll talk about all that and more. Before we get into any of that, let's jump right into the news. All right, pretty big week of news already developing and we're only on Tuesday. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back. Like I said, I'm Roan. Noah, what do you think about everything that's going on right now regarding President Trump? It seems to be uh, inching closer towards indictment up there in New York, and uh, it's not looking pretty good for our current system of justice in the United States.
2: I'm just waiting just to see what happens. I almost wish our show was tomorrow so we could <laughs> be a little bit more on time with it.
5: Yeah, the news broke right after we finished recording on Friday, and then over the course of the weekend, Donald Trump Posted several uh, truce over the weekend that suggested it might happen today.
2: I don't understand the calling for protesting. That seems like kind of a bad idea. After all the January sixth stuff. I mean, I get it, but I think that the the powers that be that don't want Trump or his supporters supporters to be successful in life in general would rather than be locked up in prison is just going to take this opportunity to capitalize on that.
5: Some of those great Fed ID accounts on Twitter, like Mimar. <laughs> Listen, yesterday at the New York rally, he found six people that all had on the same exact pair of uh, Fed sunglasses that weren't really participating in the rally. They were just standing. He circled them all. And it's like, listen, he's identified so many Feds from January 6th. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, I get it. It's our constitutional right. Part of me is, like, we need to do it for the people that can go out there and get it done peacefully. And the way, like, uh, those of the New York Young Republican Club did yesterday, we saw Vish Burra, Gavin Wax, Mike Crispy, Raheem Kassam up there and, uh, you know, do their thing. What brand are the Fed sunglasses? Are they Oakley's or...? I think they said they were Ray-Bans. Ray-Bans? Yeah. And then people were making fun in the comments that people don't even wear those glasses anymore, and that made it easier to (laughs) identify that they... (laughs) Five or six people literally had the exact same pair on. So, yeah, it's one of those things where... You have to take into consideration what's going on, what the long game here is. It's not to put Donald Trump in jail. It's to damage him to the point to where hopefully the
2: let's to soak up his war chest too.
5: Yeah, the RNC doesn't want to have him be the representative of the party heading into the 2024 general election. However, and we'll come to learn after the course of this weekend, it, it kind of backfired. It seems like there's a little bit of galvanizing within the base of the GOP, even from the establishment because it's like we always tell people, And it's like so many people, Trump surrogates that have been on the show, uh, people that worked in the in the former administration and those who are still extremely close to the 45th president always say when they're done with him, they're they're just going for the next down the rung. Mm -hmm. Whether that be for the next leader of the party or whether that be all the people that have, you know, connected to him. It's it doesn't start and end with Donald Trump. This is the you know, he's the the breach of the Pandora's box. But uh, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. What time are they arresting him? Maybe we can do it live on air. We're not going to do it live on. I am just kidding. (laughs) Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to kind of unpack this for you guys a little bit and and talk about some of the stuff that happened both over the weekend and and up through yesterday, some of the uh, highs and lows, because there were both. And and a lot of them don't have to do with actually Donald Trump or the indictment. It's where we were seeing people, uh, you know, what they were saying and, and how they were reacting or not reacting and uh, what it means for the presidential race moving forward. So I heard Tucker kind of unpack, you
6: know, a little bit of the Justice Department related material tonight. So let's hear it. At the polls, you will find that Trump is leading the Republican field. That's the unprecedented thing. Taking out your opponent using the justice system. If the Democratic Party is allowed to do this, allowed to crush the presidential frontrunner, the main threat to their power with a bogus criminal case, where does that leave us? We're done because that precedent will live forever and voters will never again determine the outcome of a presidential election. It's remarkable when you think about it. So after all the yelling from permanent Washington about January 6th and how it was a threat to our democratic norms and the peaceful transfer of power, They've decided to completely short circuit our democratic norms, not to mention the peaceful transfer of power using the courts and prosecutors. What happens if they get away with this? No one seems to be thinking this through. Everyone's all spun up. But what happens if they get away with this, if they use the Justice Department in full view of everyone to settle a political score and to keep the White House just to take a guy out of the race who seems to be doing fairly well? We'll destroy the justice system. Mm. And that's not a small thing. A functioning justice system has kept this country peaceful for hundreds of years. The purpose of a justice system is to administer justice so that citizens don't have to do it themselves. You outsource that duty to the government. But what happens when you take that away? When there is no justice system? What happens when the Department of Justice decides that its goal is not justice, but protecting the ruling class at all costs? Think about that. People are still going to demand justice. The desire for justice is an inherent human desire. We are born with it. But if there's no neutral place to do it, some people will decide they're going to have to do it themselves. Ooh. Now, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but we can say for certain it's going to be really ugly. So they hate Donald Trump. Fine. But they don't get to destroy America's justice system because they do. We would never recover from that. So, yeah, he kind of lays it out there. And, and, you know, when you talk
5: about that upstate New York uh, district attorney's office, you have Letitia Peekaboo James as the attorney general. And then you have district attorney Alvin Bragg, who's leading this case. Uh, He kind of looks like. Cleveland from Family Guy. I think you pretty much agree with that, Noah. Oh yeah. And uh, we we threw his head on Joy Reid yesterday for our newest Substack that just came out, which kind of unpacks the weekend regarding this narrative. So if you're listening right now and you want to read a little bit more about what we're talking about, head over to Substack, type in Steak for Breakfast podcast, make sure you subscribe, share it if you feel the need. So, you know, where we're at is that something happened with Michael Cohn. He made a payment. It got tied into, like, campaign finances, Right. The statute of limitation on this is two years. So if you're talking 2015-ish, we're outside of the the realms of statutes of limitations here for this to be relevant.
2: A little bit. A little bit.
5: Alvin Bragg went and resurrected this incident, turned it into a misdemeanor, and now is trying to elevate it to a felony. Is that that how that works? (laughs) That's kind of the way things go. It's
2: it's interesting looking at, you know, I just go... uh, Bing or Google or whatever this browser is that magically comes up automatically on the computer here in the studio. Okay. Just Google. Uh, I, mean, I see. I say Google, but I'm not actually Googling. Uh, Trump arrest news. Mm. And like one of the biggest ones that pops up is from MSN uh, via USA Today, eight hours ago. Despite Trump's calls for protests, few efforts emerge as supporters worry. It's a trap. That's like the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones like uh, – Some Trump supporters ambivalent on calls for protest. Far-right activists worry of trap after Trump calls for protest. It's like, are they trying to spin it as, like, a lack of support for Trump because they think that they're going to make it seem like Trump is trying to set up his own supporters? I don't understand why that would just be so visible in the news. Usually they're trying to hide everything about him other than the fact that he's going
5: to get arrested, supposedly. That's that's a good point, and, uh, you know... Every time something like that happens, a new poll comes out and he's leading more. Oh, yeah. And that's just kind of the way Donald Trump's lived his uh, political legacy. So they're trying to get this indictment here. Obviously, we know it's a formal accusation that a person is being accused of committing a crime. Uh, It's kind of hard to pin the actual crime on Donald Trump. I don't think Donald Trump knew that this payment was going to be considered for or several years later uh, looped into campaign finance laws. And that's kind of like the Hail Mary that a lot of people were talking about regarding this, um, you know, case that they're trying to bring against him. So we know yesterday the grand jury up there in New York heard from its last witness, uh, and we, we just have to kind of track, you know, where we're going now. Obviously, if something happens throughout the course of the show, we're we're hearing that if anything's going to happen, it's probably going to be not today. Maybe even next week.
2: I just refreshed the window and it says uh, from Newsweek seven hours ago. Is Donald Trump getting arrested today? Don't count on it.
5: Yeah, because, well, the grand jury just wrapped up yesterday or concluded early this morning. I know they were hearing from their last witness. I did read that. So, you know, and obviously we're going to have a lot of people from Trump world in today. Ambassador Grinnell is coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to have Jeffrey Ross Gunter former ambassador to Iceland, in for the first time. Can't wait to sit down with him. And, and Cash Patel is going to be coming in a little bit later in the show as well. Trump firebrand and the official spokeswoman for the 45th president, Liz Harrington, jumped on Newsmax yesterday. She was talking about what kind of a country we're living in. I'll give you some guesses, Noah. Do you think it's a first world, second world, or third world country? Mm. Let's hear
7: her. Is actually going on in the former president's mind right now? Have you spoken to him? Is he worried?
8: I have spoken to him. Uh, And he's not worried because he's totally innocent. He's done nothing wrong. But he's very worried about the direction of our country because this makes it very clear that we're in a third world nation. Uh, We are living in a communist state where they let the criminals go free and they weaponize the justice system against their political opponents. And that's what we're seeing here. It is a disgrace. They have nothing on President Trump. They never have. And in this case is so egregious because not only is President Trump uh, totally innocent, there's no crime. And in fact, if he would have done the opposite, that would have been the crime in this case. That's how upside down this world we're living in is. And yet they're going to try to go after him anyway because they have to. You know why? Because he's number one in the polls. He's the only one who can stop this lawlessness. He's the only one who will restore equal justice under the law, and they're coming after him because he represents the largest political movement in American history, and that's why they're doing this. It is a disgrace on our nation.
5: She makes good points there. Yeah, I was going to go third. Well, there you go. You, you would have guessed right, my friend. And and you want to know what? After talking to a lot of the people, there were some events at Mar-a-Lago this weekend. Trump attorney Alina Habba had her birthday party. There was a lot of people who come on the show that went over to there. And, and then they had the Lincoln dinner as well. So even more people jumped on down to uh, the Trump resort to kind of party it up. And I asked everybody, like, how's it going? How's he doing? And everything fine. Like, you'd never know that this is going on. And, uh, you know, this whole the whole premise of this this campaign finance violation that they're trying to create uh, is stemming from the Stormy Horseface Daniels <laughs> uh, hoax that you know Donald Trump always posts on True Social, where she already lost a civil lawsuit, you know, and she owes Donald Trump over three hundred thousand dollars in legal fees, which also adds another dent in this argument that they're trying to bring here. One of the big questions is. Does this investigation and possible indictment undermine the Fulton County DAs, Fannie Willis, and the Jack Smith-led special counsels, even the January 6th possible criminal referrals that might come for Donald Trump down the road? Does trying to pin something on him like this in such a flagrant effort of lawfare here weaken any attempt to get him down the road? Saying that, you know, they'll try to put anything on him. Uh, You know, if you try to crucify him with this, it's a good question that, you know, we need to be talking about. And uh, don't think that once Donald Trump clears this hurdle, it's a it's it's a clear path to the nomination down the road a little bit, because it it certainly isn't. I think the biggest thing that happened over the course of the weekend that really brought a lot of attention to this case, not the premise of it, but who was in or out. And some of the names I know are going to surprise Noah. Uh, for anyone in our listenership who didn't get to enjoy the Sunday morning news circuits, the State of the Fake Union, and Meet the Fake Press, CBS This Morning, and all the ones in between, uh, even Fox News Sunday and Chris Wallace's uh, D tier social media app <laughs> interview <laughs> show that he has. Uh, Chris Wallace is still on the air? I wouldn't call it the air. Mm. We'll call it the radio waves, kind of. Ooh. You could subscribe for, for some small amount there, but, uh, The first one we're going to talk about is is from State of the Fake Union. They did a roundtable, and uh, believe it or not, because people know, like we've said, when they're done with Donald Trump, they're coming for everybody else, and anyone who rises in the party will be the next to to undergo lawfare of of this magnitude was former disgraced governor Roy Rogers enjoyer Chris Christie. Let's hear uh, the big one.
3: Let me tell you who doesn't. Enforce law and order when it comes to gun violence. I go into New York City every week. It is a danger zone to go into Manhattan because Alvin Bragg is running a revolving door and not prosecuting gun crime, not prosecuting violent criminals. And if he does, he lets them out within four hours of when they're arrested to commit more crimes. So let's not get into that argument because Alvin Bragg has failed miserably. And all of a sudden he wants to get what up
5: you on do, Donald but you and all, tough, all of a sudden, he wants to get tough on Donald Trump. You know, I posted a video that was shared to Twitter yesterday and tagged uh, the district attorney, Alvin Bragg. So there was an argument over a parking spot between three people. The guy got out of his car after he supposedly took a parking spot from a couple. The couple proceeded to stab him in the upper chest area and face, mm-hmm. and as he bled out on the ground, they kicked him and beat him with a baseball bat until he was unconscious.
2: Did they get the spot?
5: I don't know what <laughs> But that's, I mean, we've seen stuff. New York City is awful. You know, the lady got DDT'd and was paralyzed up there like a week ago. You got people getting pushed on subway tracks, homeless people getting lit on fire, bodegas getting robbed left and right to where they're hiring like armed security guards, uh, you know, at at just little convenience stores now. Um, And it's, when you look at how bad it's gotten there and think that you're going to get a win out of something like this, uh, it just doesn't really register with the people. Number one, who live there.
2: Yeah, the people that live there are used to seeing, like, oh, the guy just got stabbed. Like, yeah, well, he shouldn't take in the parking spot.
5: Yeah, Je- Jesse Waters even did, like, a, I'm going to walk around Central Park and just hit it. It was people of all shapes, sizes, and colors, and they were asking about this. And did
2: she say, "Can I see your gun"?
5: No, but the, they, the people were saying, like, I don't really think this. Like, I can't even go outside of my house at night, and I live in like a nicer neighborhood in New York City. And they're like, this is really stupid that they would, you know, do that when violent criminals are getting released. Like Chris Christie mentioned, within four hours, you know, people that rape people and beat people to within an inch of their life are just getting out of jail and released back on the streets. And uh, they're going after Donald Trump for something that he technically didn't do when it's what they're trying to make it. And that's the campaign finance violation. Former vice president and current Judas, Mike Pence, sat down for an interview over the weekend on uh, this week in fake news to talk about well the donald trump possible indictments how the the justice system is being used and and weaponized against him and uh, you know everybody in trump world and some other things like january 6 which is a very touchy subject for us when it comes to him let's hear the former vice president
4: trump is saying that he's going to be indicted on tuesday he's calling for people to protest now we we don't know if that's true um uh, matt and da has not said anything about it uh, but he's calling for people to protest. Uh, is that irresponsible?
0: Well, first, let me say I'm, I'm taken aback at the idea of indicting a former president of the United States um, at, a, at a time when there's a crime wave in New York City. That The fact that the Manhattan DA thinks uh, that uh, indicting President Trump is his top Priority, I think, is just tells you everything you need to know about the radical left in this country. It just feels like a politically charged prosecution here. Uh, And I, for my part, uh, just feel like it's just uh, not what the American people want to see. He's
5: doing a really good Clint Eastwood (laughs) conversation there. But, uh, you know, and and that's the point that I just kind of made. Um, It's just... When it comes to Pence, I liked him so much more when he was just in the background and any time he talked, he was like talking about how great Donald Trump's accomplishments were rather than the Mike Pence we've got now. And uh, he's he's going to learn real fast what it's like to get into the presidential race when he makes his former announcement. It's like pleated Pence and relaxed Pence. Oh, I like that. You, how many pleats you going to need for Chris Christie's <laughs> pants? So guys, listen, if, you, if you're... If you're on the show right now, wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you download, iHeartRadio, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button to our show, rate the show, leave a review, write it up. We'll read the best ones on the air once they start coming in. And uh, social medias, Twitter, Getter, True Social, Instagram, type in Steak for Breakfast podcast, hit the notification bell. Anytime we're posting or getting blocked by somebody from the DeSantis team, uh, you'll get the notifications from us. So... You know, as we're getting ready to have Ambassador Rick Grinnell join us, who's always great to have on the show, I did see, and no, I hope you're starting to get it. We're hearing from some people kind of outside of the Trump orbit that are weighing in on this right now because they understand what's going on with the legal system. Let's move a little bit closer to the uh, sun that is Donald Trump. Kevin McCarthy was talking about at an uh, event this weekend. He was doing a little fundraising, and, and, and this came up, and he wanted to touch on what's going on with the 45th president. So let's hear the Speaker of the House.
1: It doesn't matter if this was President Trump or if this was a Democrat. It should be equal justice in America. And stop going after people because you have political differences. I see people all the time that I have political differences. I respect their opinion. I may disagree with it, but why would you ever try to use the law for it? And it goes directly against everything that this Manhattan DA has professed. He brags about lowering felonies to misdemeanors and not prosecuting. We've watched crime in New York where people are afraid to walk the streets. We watched campaigns, and I will tell you, one of the reasons we won races in New York is based upon this DA of not protecting the citizens of New York. And now he's spending his time on this?
5: Mm. And I think the big point that we're trying to make... in our our opening segment here, is that what you didn't hear was probably more alarming than some of the stuff you've heard because everybody's going to have an opinion on Donald Trump. Everybody's going to decide on whether or not they feel like he deserves to be indicted or that weaponizing the Justice Department uh, is a prudent thing to do, whether or not this district attorney's office or Leticia James as the attorney general is coordinating with Merrick Garland or even the White House. But the thing that's most disturbing is what we didn't hear. Now, Noah, you know this has been a two-horse race, even though one of the candidates still isn't announced yet since they got out the gates here, right? Yeah. Who haven't we heard from yet on the show?
2: Hmm. hmm. Who are we missing?
5: Well, a lot of people are calling him Rob and Rod. Rod? Yeah best way to ratio people about dunking on Ron DeSantis is to spell his name wrong. So it doesn't matter what you say or what their argument is. The first thing they're always going to say is you spelt his name wrong. It's Ron Rod DeSantis. <laughs> so I don't know how many, I don't think Rod's going to make it posts. I had this weekend that just led to some <laughs> inherent reing across social media. I tell you what,
2: Oh, uh, that's like when you have no argument, it's you have no argument. So you, the first thing you attack are grammar, syntax, spelling or it's
5: like shut the fuck up. Y- you want to know what the best one is? Whenever someone tries to get into it with us and we know we're right because we have the facts. My favorite one is you've only got 7,000 followers. You've only got 10,000 followers. Oh, yeah, you yeah, only yeah. have 8,000. Argument one right there. Mm-hmm. So that is nothing to do with with anything. There's a lot of, believe me there's a lot of burner accounts out there. We Donald Trump probably has like several burner accounts on Twitter and he's in those comment sections harder <laughs> than we are. I tell you that much. But it seems like, well, we're in about hour 96 right now of Ron DeSantis's team trying to backpedal for his non-commentary about this entire narrative all the way up through yesterday. And, you know, as we're getting ready to jump in with Ambassador Grinnell here, um, I just want to point out something that I've, I've basically coined and it led to, you know, a lot of meltdowns on social media as well as the Florida paid influencer industrial complex is real Ooh. and all of these people that jumped on board from the daily wire and all of these people that go on tucker carlson and could talk about maga for two minutes and then jump off of tucker and talk shit about donald trump for weeks upon weeks at a time you guys are not going to have the opportunity to crawl back here when the nomination is complete and donald trump is heading into the general election up against whoever they decide to run on the democrat side
2: yeah i don't think they can do only fans after that
5: these people that have made these massive followings off the coattails of Donald Trump and are now astroturfing online for Ron DeSantis are just as hurtful to the America First movement and to Ron DeSantis's eventual political career than anyone on the Democrat side, any radical district attorney out there, anyone that wants to play lawfare uh, with Republicans and conservatives. And I well, hope it has
2: DeSantis even announced yet. No, so. Well, I mean... I mean, do you think he's having second thoughts?
5: No. I I think it's pre-baked. Yeah. Now, you got to remember, campaign finance laws, the faster you announce, the faster you have to start paying. He put out a book, and he was able to tour the country on the premise as a governor who just won re-election on a book tour and go, instead of to places that are relevant to Florida, like Georgia, the Carolinas, you know, maybe some of the Gulf states, he decided to go to New York iowa texas california and a whole bunch of places that make no sense for the governor of florida to go and, and he's catered to mediocre crowds mm-hmm. and has looked very stiffed and controlled in anything he did even when fox news tried to shove him down our throats for two weeks straight and, and you know it's it's one of those things it's a shame because there's a lot of people smart people who felt like Ron DeSantis could be a potential powerhouse within the republican party he had a great relationship with Donald Trump. Donald Trump revived his political career. Whatever Ron DeSantis did since that, good for him. He'd be a good vice president. He would, but but at this point, we're 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 out because I mean, Ron DeSantis, because Donald Trump is posting like, didn't you? Uh, it, weren't there accusations that you partied with high school girls when you were a teacher? Ooh. Post still, and uh, no, he could still come around. I guess anybody could be redeemed. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we just have to take into consideration. Going through the entire weekend and having presumably the number two ranked candidate in the Republican field for 2024 be silent, and then what we're going to hear from him after we're done with Ambassador Grinnell is, number one, disturbing. Number two, doesn't do anything to uh, improve the likes of his political career. We'll get to that in a little bit, but before we do, let's hear from one of our partners.
2: You know how you've gotten that chewy, hard, disappointing jerky from the gas station? Oh! you got to try some of this jerky we just got from Farmer Bills. It's soft and tender because it's cured and air dried instead of dehydrated, like that other junk. Ingredient conscious, there's no sugar, no soy, or other additives, just beef, salt, and spices. Working on those gains, it's protein on the go with a very respectable 32 grams of protein per 2 ounces. That's twice the amount of that other jerky. So if you like to support small business and you like your food source in the USA, order some Farmer Bills with the code STEAK for an extra 5 bucks off. Buy a 12-pack, you can get free shipping. The only thing better than this tender jerky is supporting an American-made company that shares your values. Get yourself some Farmer Bill's traditionally air-dried beef jerky today.
5: All right, joining us first on the show today, he's the former ambassador to Germany, great friend of the show, Ambassador Rick Rennell. Thanks for joining us again on Steak for Breakfast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And the pleasure is all ours to host, Ambassador. Busy times we're in right now. Uh, obviously, we're all waiting with great anticipation to see what the next moves of the New York District Attorney's Office is going to be in regards to President Trump. What's the latest that you're hearing and... Uh, you want to kind of weigh in on the whole situation in totalities?
9: Look, I I just think that this is um, a really low point for the Department of Justice. And we need independents and Democrats to come forward and say this is this is a terrible thing and we can't do this. I I blame Republicans a long time ago when the Democrats came up with this idea of sanctuary cities uh, where they they gave this really nice name, this gentle name of sanctuary cities to the idea that you were gonna gut the rule of law. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the concept of a sanctuary city is we're gonna have an entire city where we ignore federal law and we have a safe haven for lawbreakers. That is an attack on the rule of law. We should have risen up as conservatives, as as Republicans and said, absolutely not, follow the law. You don't like the law go and try to change the law, but you don't set up shop in your own protective little space and say, we will forever ignore the federal laws that we don't like. What happens if people just decide to ignore laws that they don't believe in on an individual basis? We would have chaos in this country. I'm here to tell you that the Democrats ushered in chaos when they created the attack on the rule of law by by naming sanctuary cities, places that would ignore federal law. We've delved now into this uh, situation where the Department of Justice is totally weaponized against its political opponents, and let me just say that if they arrest Donald Trump, it will just show the world that American justice is partisan and two-tiered, and we will never, ever be able to take this out of the box it is it will be released both sides will weaponize arresting opponents it'll get worse and it'll be chaos and it is a terrible thing for our country
5: yeah, it certainly is. I, I like the fact that you pointed out this is a low point for the Justice Department. You know, in totality, uh, in the uh, we've seen so much stuff, uh, including a, a larger weaponization of it. Obviously, since the start of the Biden administration, we had the Mar-a-Lago raid, and and you've had these district attorneys basically before they even got into office campaigning and, and jokingly about how they were going to uh, be the one who was going to indict Donald Trump. I think the most. Surprising thing even to uh, a lot of the people in in Trump world and and part of the MAGA base is that regardless who's on the show, I mean, we had Devin on the show on Friday, Uh, you know, Cash is going to be on the show in just a little bit later today. I talk to a lot of the people that are close to the president all the time. He's just kind of rolling with the punches like doesn't even bother him he's focused on the campaign uh he's focused on you know the events that are going on down at mar-a-lago preparing for the rally this this coming weekend and and he's just excited to be out there because he kind of knows it and uh it's pretty impressive to see a man just kind of walk through this storm and and do so unscathed
9: look i'm thankful
5: that we have somebody like donald trump who um is really
9: tough tough skin and keeps fighting because uh, a lot of people would be um faltering right now they would cave to the pressure they would uh freak out at at you know bad press and that's one thing that we've learned in with the trump team is that we recognize that this isn't about donald trump um you know they're gonna arrest donald trump if 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 they want to continue attacking the rule of law But it's not going to stop with donald trump it's going to be a whole bunch of other people it could be you it could be you getting canceled uh getting audited um by the irs getting canceled by your bank um you know reported for uh using your credit card on a 2a issue right you you buy ammunition you buy a gun and your credit card company is going to report you This is what's happening in Washington, D.C. People need to realize this is not about Donald Trump. And I think that was one of the disappointing things that I heard this week from some other people who are trying to run for president is when they start to dismiss this as, oh, it's just a circus in New York. It's not. It's absolutely the top issue that is happening in America to conservatives. And if you don't recognize that the other side is literally trying to get rid of us, to silence dissent and completely control all of the tools of government as a weapon against their political opponents, then you are missing what is actually happening. And so I hope people realize this is not just about Donald Trump about the survival of dissenting information.
5: Sure, and when the you know when the deep state, the administrative state, and the radical progressive left is eventually done with Donald Trump, at some point he will be out of politics. We're all hoping it's after his next term in office. Uh, they'll just set their sights on the newest, biggest you know of member of the party and, and absolutely work their way down and play lawfare as like they've done with a lot of people on the Trump team. You know, we had Christina Bob on here just over a week ago, when she talked about how. She doesn't not expect the FBI to show up at her house anymore, and they have done so several times, made her life kind of miserable, and uh, that's just kind of what they do. If they're not going to get, you know, the tip of the spear, they're going to make all the people underneath you uh, poor and, and always feel anxiety and, and not want to be a part of the team. And I'm just thankful that there's such a strong team in orbit around Donald Trump right now. It seems like circling the wagons is, is, is more than what's going on down at Mar-a-Lago, and uh, as they get ready to re-hit the campaign trail, Ambassador, one of the things that I think went under the radar this weekend and last week, just because of this whole narrative and some other stuff going on, you know, uh, up in D.C., so China has been making some big-time moves lately. We we had heard uh, early last week that China has kind of brokered some kind of a deal-ish between Saudi Arabia and Iran, which is alarming when you talk about where the U.S. sells a lot of its defense products, provides security on, on a global scale, and historical allies in regards to energy. And now Xi Jinping has been in uh, Moscow for the last two days having closed-door meetings. I just saw they, they broke for... Uh, A little press Q&A not over an hour ago, and Xi Jinping said that they have agreed to extensively uh, increase trade in uh, electrical products and petroleum, which has to be alarming as well. Someone who worked on the global scale at the UN and then as the ambassador to Germany, all the other places all over the world you went, and the relationships you have. How bad is this right now, and what does it mean for United States national security moving forward?
9: Look, I, I think that this is is a crisis that Anthony Blinken um, is watching over. The State Department is in disarray. The Assistant Secretary for Europe, woman by the name of Karen Karen uh, Donfried, she resigned yesterday. Um, She's leaving. We don't have an assistant secretary for Europe right now. She's leaving after uh, literally being in charge of um, the bureau, uh, the European bureau, as a war was planned and created in Europe. Think about that. The assistant secretary for Europe is leaving while there's a war going on in Europe that uh, I I will constantly remind people, I believe that this war started. Because Senate Democrats and the Biden administration dropped the Trump sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. The Putin pipeline was sanctioned by Donald Trump. And when Biden came in, Senate Democrats and the Biden team dropped those sanctions to watch the Chinese now come in and offer a peace plan is really outrageous. And I'll just finish with this is that John Kirby who uh, was the spokesman at at the Pentagon and is now um, trying to buck up Corinne at the White House, and he's at the White House. He said something the other day that was extremely disturbing to me. As As a diplomat, as someone who worked at the UN for eight years inside the UN Security Council, John Kirby said that the UN Declaration says that we should reject peace offerings and diplomatic offerings in the war in Ukraine. Now think about that. John Kirby is literally using the UN charter to say, reject peace, reject peace plans, and that the UN charter calls for rejecting a peace plan in Ukraine. That is crazy. The UN stands for the opposite The U.N. is always the agency, the the international body that comes forward and says, at least let's talk about a peace plan. And John Kirby is trying to manipulate the U.N. charter. The reason we created the U.N. to say reject any peace plans in Ukraine, that needs a lot more attention from the D.C. media. And they're ignoring this. This is a rewriting of the history of the U.N. The reason the U.N. was created And while the U.N. is very weak, at at least it stands for trying to do some sort of uh, peace negotiations. Uh, I I think that the U.N. themselves should call out John Kirby and say, no, that's not what the U.N. charter says.
5: Yeah, he's been saying that for a little over a week now. He did it on. uh, he did it off camera, and then he did it from the podium, saying that you know China doesn't get to broker peace in this war. If if they tried to you know initiate a peace fire uh, and Russia and Ukraine even agreed to it, uh, the United States would reject it because all it does is show that Putin's going to keep his gang and uh, his gains in, in country over there in Ukraine, and he's going to be allowed to rest his soldiers ahead of another offensive. What I just think is crazy. The only thing we're not talking about now is, is, is getting people to the negotiation table, and we saw that. This morning, instead of waiting for the uh, Abrams tanks that were originally agreed on to go over to Ukraine, we're sending, like, older, crappier ones that are, like, refurbished over there just to get them in theater faster, which, you know, when when you just look at it on, on a black and white piece of paper, why are you throwing more logs on the fire when the only thing you should be doing is waiting for it to kind of cool off, so... We're going to have to keep tracking on this, like the same thing we keep tracking with you, Ambassador. Wherever uh, our listenership wants to jump in and find you today across social medias, we'll live link it in the show description today.
9: Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Richard Grinnell, and I'm on um,
5: Truth, at Grinnell. This is the former Ambassador to Germany. He knew something about brokering a little bit of peace. Ambassador Rick Grinnell, thanks for joining us on the show today. All the best. Well, it's always great sitting down with Ambassador Grinnell. What do you think, Noah? It's, he was pretty fired up today. Uh, obviously, he likes to you know beat up one person from the, the Biden regime. He decided to pick on John Kirby a little bit today. I, I hate to be on his bad side. Yeah, that's a, that's a true story. I, I'm pretty sure he could uh, do pretty well in a street fight as well. I wonder if he uh, went and partook in any of the Miami Beach activities of spring break over the weekend, nice. beating up everybody and uh, causing a ruckus. But, you know, as we talked about in, in our open before, you know, The deafening silence of Ron DeSantis not weighing in on this throughout the course of the weekend after the news broke late Friday afternoon of Donald Trump possibly being indicted as early as today. That's kind of a puss out. It sure is. And and, and when he was asked, and believe me, they've done a lot of damage control on this. There's been a lot of edited video out here. We'll play it from the question for you all. Let's hear his response, and then me and Noah will talk about it.
10: The Florida Standard... Uh, We wanted to know what your thoughts are on the rumored Trump indictment, and if you have any role in it, um, if charges are brought on him, will you have any role in extradition to New York? So
11: I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, They weaponized their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. He says he doesn't want to even have jail time for the vast, vast majority of crimes. And what we've seen in Manhattan is we've seen the the, the crime rate go up and we've seen citizens become less safe. And so you're talking about this situation with – and look. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just I can't speak to that. Mm. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about, porn star hush money payments you know that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office and um, i think that that's fundamentally wrong
5: well there it is noah does that solve any of the problem or do anything for both donald trump and ron DeSantis' campaign by him making those stupid ass comments
2: no he would have been better suited to actually address like from an actual
5: Remember, Ron DeSantis, remember, Rod DeSantis is a lawyer <laughs> who uh, worked at the highest levels of the Justice Department and represented legally SEAL Team 6 at some point during his uh, career before he got into politics. It's fairly high level. Mm-hmm. So he knows his way around the Justice Department. What he should have said was, This is bullshit. Fuck all y'all. Kind of. <laughs> reviving dead misdemeanors that have passed the statute of limitation and trying to elevate that to a felony in an attempt to indict the 45th president of the United States for no other reason than indicting him is wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's that's literally what, what we're working with here. And and the funny part is, by him saying, like, porn star hush money, and I wouldn't know anything about that, everybody kind of says Donald Trump isn't really hammering at home with the desanctimonious mm. nickname. When you make sanctimonious comments like that, that's the reason why he says it. He acts holier than now and and like he can do no wrong and he's done no wrong
2: well when Uh, his campaign tanks he can be tank demonious
5: tanks worse than it already is Mm. this is going to be doa at this rate right now and i i just feel like you know he's making a really big
2: do you think he knows that he's just undermining any potential further political career he can ever have in the future by this do you think he knows do you think people are like like the people that are like sitting on his ear you know the
5: the, the sketchy dude that's like,
2: yes, my king.
5: Oh, you mean Ken Griffin and Paul Singer? <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, like, do you think those guys are like running out of shit to blow smoke up his ass about? Like, no, you're going to be fine. This is going to be great. And then the guy on the other shoulder is like, bro, you kind of look dumb.
5: No, th- that's the problem is that Ron DeSantis doesn't have anybody else. He doesn't have the good angel on the other shoulder. He's got the billionaire donor class saying, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. Because look at how bad Donald Trump looked going into 2016, and we still got him into the White House. Uh, You're already an established political figure. You have a track record. And don't worry, the money will be there. And then you have this Florida-paid influencer industrial complex around him a whole bunch of C and D tier influencers that are going around just astroturfing online anything for Ron DeSantis is the best thing that ever happened and it comes off as really cringe disingenuous and there's no people connection like there is I mean he went to like what the horse races up in Iowa when he was by the state fair like two weeks ago and he got people in the the mezzanine Yelling to him and his family when they're walking in, hey, what's up, Tiny D? And it's just oh. like, you know, it, it's, you know, Donald Trump went to the NCAA Division I uh, wrestling championships in, I believe, Oklahoma. And he was treated
2: like royalty.
5: Royalty. You couldn't find, they; those guys couldn't wait to finish their matches and take pictures with them. They, you know, Stephen Chong, who's the comms director for Trump 2024, he posted like a two minute video of him walking out of the tunnel all the way to when he took his seat and there was no booze. There was no jeers. There was no people yelling derogatory. It just doesn't happen, and, and it's weird because the media, and you know, they've they've taught us or, or tried to condition the American public that this person is loathed, and it's just not the way that it is in real life. It doesn't matter where he goes or what he does. Um, people want to be around him and and people feel the energy that comes off of him. One of those who's the last bastion of truth over at uh, Fox News right now is Pete Hegseth, who kind of jumped in. They had a panel going on talking about this. Of course, everybody's dunking on Donald Trump, but then he acts like the voice of reason. Let's hear him.
7: This guy is looking for anarchy, chaos, and is only concerned with a political vendetta.
4: Of course he is. It's knock it down for the rest of us, knock it up for Trump. Uh, and that's where you mentioned Ron DeSantis. He's totally right. This is a Soros-based prosecution. But it's actually disappointed in Ron DeSantis today. I yeah. He talked about the political persecution. But he started with a too-cute-by-half political jab at Trump by saying, yes. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star. And the donors kind of chuckled. In some ways, it felt sanctimonious. Uh, It was it felt like a Jeb Bush sort of Scott Walker cheap shot. I don't think that's going to work. This is a closed ranks behind a former president who fought for America first and has a selective political persecution from a DA funded by Soros. So you can acknowledge that, but don't take cheap shots. And I like Ron DeSantis. I like him a lot. We're in a political season. I get it. But this is a moment to stand firmly behind Donald Trump and say in a full-throated nature. This is political persecution and the irony of it. And maybe Democrats want Trump to be the nominee. I don't know. But the irony of it is they're making it more likely he will be because uh, of this yeah. political persecution. If you're if you're a Republican right now, back Trump on this. Yeah, I
5: I mean, ha- it has nothing to do with the 2024 presidential race or whether or not the fact that you as someone within the Republican Party, whether you're a rhino or establishment, you're America first or in the House Freedom Caucus, whether or not you want him to be the nominee, this is about once they're finished with him, they will come for you. I can't hammer that home enough. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're talking about this case that's going on in New York. They're hearing testimony from all of these people that are that are going and and providing information to Alvin Bragg and the grand jury that's going to possibly eventually lead to an indictment of Donald Trump. One of the crown jewels of the witness uh, battery is Michael Cohen, the disgraced former Trump surrogate who is a convicted felon who was caught perjuring himself and has had a vendetta. He wrote a book, you know, wanting to take down Donald Trump with a whole bunch of non-receipts that was garbage. And uh, believe it or not, Tucker Carlson was actually able to pull Michael Cohen's former Representative, his lawyer, onto his show last night just to talk about how not credible he would be as a witness in regards to this case. Let's hear it.
0: Say once in a while, he did this at least 20 times and said, guys, I want you to know I will do whatever the F I have to do. I will never spend one day in jail. Now, what he's saying is I'll lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody I will not spend a day in jail. Do you think a guy whose mentality is that is going to not admit that he has information on Donald Trump? But having yeah. said that, the DA's office didn't ask me questions to bring that up. And I, I brought it up anyway. I, didn't, I ignored their questions and simply gave them the information. I'm hearing rap in my ear, left and right. Uh, I'll continue
6: if you want, but... Uh, well, pr- let me just ask you one, one sure. final question, if it's okay, Mr. Cassell. Sure. If, if you were the DA, if you were a prosecutor, and you were trying to be fair and honest and serve the law rather than a political agenda, you'd want to know that, wouldn't you?
0: Absolutely. And I told them and told the grand jury today, I was deputy chief of the criminal division of the U.S. Attorneys for the Southern District. Nice I crates. said I wouldn't touch a witness like Michael Cohn for any amount of money. Mm. You simply yeah. cannot rely upon this guy. And tonight, he was on another station denying that he waived the attorney-client privilege. Here it is, in writing, <laughs> He's holding it and up. that's his signature on the second page. So, that's unbelievable. I guess he didn't know that, and the district attorney didn't know that, and I told them, Michael Cohn has been in your office 20 times, and twice in the grand jury, and he forgot to tell you that he waived the attorney-client privilege 22 times? I mean, really, is this the kind of witness you want to ride to the finish line? Not my. Well,
5: I, I think I, all they I can- do like that ride to the finish line mm-hmm. analogy when he's talking about the stormy horse face Daniel's case. Oof. So listen, did you hear halfway through the segment? As soon as he kind of broke off script and said, "Like, yeah, they asked me a whole bunch of questions, but I didn't feel I felt like telling him the truth." He said he was here and rapping is here. <laughs> they wanted to end the segment, and Tucker's like, "Oh, okay, let me just ask you another question." And then he went and did the one that actually, you know, gives you the most information there about Michael Cohn what his vendetta is against donald trump the fact that he waived his attorney client privileges every time and not only met with the ag and the da there in upstate new york but went before the grand jury twice and failed to mention it so not the most reliable kind of resources you're trying to make uh as like the icing on the cake here to try and get donald trump but That's what they're working with, and all of those receipts are going to come out afterwards. We're going to see who were the witnesses, what testimony they provided, and how the grand jury will eventually get to their decision. One decision you should be making is to be following us across every social media, Instagram, uh, True Social, Twitter, Getter, Steak for Breakfast podcast, type it in. Uh, Make sure you're following us there. Wherever you're listening today, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, type in Steak for Breakfast podcast, Find our main page, subscribe to the show, give it a rating, leave a review, and uh, you'll thank us later. I'm pretty sure that everybody's enjoying where we're taking you guys down this road today, painting this kind of picture of where we're at with Donald Trump and what's going on with some of his, uh, well, manufactured legal issues at this point. Mm. Yeah, I know. I saw one of the uh, top-ranking House Republicans jumped on Fox News yesterday, and one of the things that they're talking about now is... Possibly getting this district attorney, Alvin Bragg, Cleveland from Family Guy, up to Capitol Hill to testify. Like, what the hell are you doing? What is the premise for this? And by doing that, they might be able to reveal some of the receipts he's got from maybe our U.S. Justice Department. Maybe the White House is inner circle. Who knows? I saw Elise Stefanik talking about this on Fox News. Let's hear her.
10: About what we are waiting at this hour and that is um, President Trump says he expects to be arrested tomorrow um, as New York law enforcement we have been told is preparing for this possible indictment. Just want to get your reaction to that as we await anything in the next hour or so on this. This is a political witch
12: hunt perpetrated by one of the far-left radical socialist district attorneys in Alvin Bragg. And let's take a step back, Sandra. I am from New York. I'm a New Yorker. And we've seen a crime crisis. Alvin Bragg and the fact that he is taking felonies and pushing them down to misdemeanors and is refusing to prosecute crimes, yet in this case, he is pursuing what is considered a zombie case. There's no there there. And it's just about punishing political opponents of Democrats. Democrats Joe Biden is losing in a head-to-get against Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the most likely Republican nominee and therefore the most likely political opponent of Joe Biden. In fact, they're using the DA's office to pursue this. It just reeks of the weaponization of the federal government. I serve on the Select Committee for the Weaponization of the Federal Government. We need to have Alvin Bragg testify under oath to get to the bottom of this and to get to the truth. All right,
10: we really appreciate you joining us there from Orlando, sunny Orlando. It's
5: like they want to cut him off every time they kind of Wouldn't you ask a follow-up question to that? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, Congresswoman, what what would that look like, and what what would be the angles? And she could possibly say, like, why are you resurrecting this dead misdemeanor, and and trying to legitimize it by tying it into a campaign's fine, campaign finance law violation, and then uh, ignoring the statute of limitations, which is two years, and then trying to elevate it to a felony? Give me all the receipts on on how this is, you know, justified and legitimate. So it's it's just where we're at. And the political climate, how toxic it's getting. You know, I saw the White House and Joe Biden, their Twitter accounts put out like 23 posts yesterday. 23. 23. And I don't know if you know, Noah, did you see how the uh, White House press pool was thrown into a state of disarray yesterday? No,
2: I missed that one. Mm.
5: you like Ted Lasso? I don't know. Nobody knows who it is, but that's the reason for it. <laughs> Steak for breakfast enjoyer Simon Atiba uh, was leading the charge in causing chaos in the White House press pool yesterday, and we'll hear about that a little bit later. We're going to hear from Cash Patel in just a minute. But before we do, I saw last night one of Trump's lawyers sat down with Rob Schmidt uh, talking about this case, and right before we jump in with Cash... Let's hear what he had to say and the latest on this case.
6: I know that you, the defense that you guys have is that this is extortion, that it never happened. Uh, I think a lot of people out there maybe don't believe that. In my opinion, no matter what the situation is, even if the affair happened and the payoff happened, I, I think it's an outrageous case. Oh, it's
3: it's still not a crime, even right. if the affair, and, and the president really denies it, but even if it happened yeah. and the payoff was made, and there was a payoff made, make no mistake about that. I mean, it, it, that's not a fact in dispute. There was yeah. Michael Cohen, took out a loan to pay this person off right. uh, because, you know, he wanted to really I- I- ensure that he was very close to Donald Trump, and he did everything. And, you know, so sure. Michael Cohen today is a very different one than the one that was on TV years ago saying what a great human being Donald Trump was, right? Um, and, and he wanted to be his fixer. He wanted to be the guy that was important to him. He wasn't. He was a nothing. He right. was a nothing lawyer, and, and he was someone who was trying to ingratiate himself to the president. So a payment was made, and, and that's it. But understand this. When we, have, when we talk about whether this is a campaign law violation— it's not even close. This nope. is a federal campaign, and the right. statutes are very clear. There's two tests and two critical tests. One was it campaign funds or personal funds. Here it was personal funds. Mm-hmm. It wasn't campaign funds. If this were a campaign, uh, you know, f- donation, it would be used. Campaign funds would be used to pay it off. Right. It's not like the John Edwards case where those were campaign funds used exactly. to pay off. His, his, you know, mistress and the mother of his child sure, yeah. in a separate house by a donor. Yeah. So it's personal funds. One, two, and this is really the bright line test for the Federal Election Committee yeah. and for campaign finance laws. Would the payment or, you know, payment made or the uh, expenditure have been made by that candidate, irrespective of the campaign? And the answer to that is clearly yes. Even Michael Cohen, when he pled sure. guilty under oath, said. He was doing this in part to prevent him, his protect family his from going through yeah, personal yeah. embarrassment, himself going through personal embarrassment, right. protect his young child. Okay, So it's, if that would have been yeah. done for that reason, and that's why it was paid with personal funds.
5: That kind of lays it out there mm-hmm. as clear as day. And that was Joe Tacopina, who's one of Donald Trump's attorneys working on this case. Lena Habba is also working on it as well. We're going to try to be sitting down with her possibly Friday uh, more likely next week as they're kind of busy with these developments. You know, it's going to be all hands on deck if the New York District Attorney decides to move on this, whether it be today, later in the week, or sometime now as, as it's being teased possibly at some point next week. So, you know, two big segments kind of unpacking all these things. You, you've heard from people outside of Trump world, inside of Trump world, hardcore conservatives, the America First base, and some who aren't we're all coming to the president's defense in regards to this is not a political thing. This is a human thing. Uh, this is a weaponization of the justice department thing. This is a possibly could affect tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of America thing. And we need to be fighting this from every angle possible. I do like that. Congress is looking to get an in on this. I do like some people outside of the uh, Trump orbiter looking to get in and defend the president on this. And I, you know, We'll be talking to Cash Patel about this in just a second, but before we do, let's hear from one of our partners. Friends, I want to take a minute and talk to you about cigars. Whether you're on the golf course, fishing on the lake, or doing some yard work around the house, our friend Alan has got you covered. He's launched the Patriot Cigar Company. The tobacco is hand-picked in the fields of Nicaragua, right next to where Mike Lindell picks his coffee beans. The cigars are hand-rolled each three years. You in a promo code STAKE here, you're going to get 15% off your total order. Every order over $100, free shipping, and a $10 e-gift card is included with every purchase. MyPatriotCigars.com. That's MyPatriotCigars.com. A premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Joining us next on the show today, he's the former chief of staff to the Department of Defense, also the deputy director of National Intelligence, steak for breakfast enjoyer, even though he likes his elk for breakfast on the daily. Mr. Cash Patel, thanks for joining us on the show.
7: You forgot. Record producer. I don't care about those other titles anymore. They're
5: completely
7: meaningless. And you're the first people I've talked to since you went number one on Billboard.
5: Well, here's the thing. Now that you're too cool for us, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and our our listenership, we're we're really excited that you uh, took time out of your very busy schedule, producer Patel, to uh, come on with us today. (laughs) And. This is like every bad 90s video. You're like the guy in the back of Death Row Records who's just sitting there with the completely blacked blacked out shades, the set chain, and uh, just nodding up and down as you make number one single after number one single. All right, let's touch on that. Billboard charts came out today. The Donald Trump and Cash Bedell produced Chart Topper, and Justice for All comes in at number
7: one. It's amazing. Cash, come on. It's 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 kind of a wild ride. I mean, honestly, you guys, I literally just walked off a plane. You guys are my first phone call first interview. So that's how much loyalty I have to help for breakfast. No, we Um, love love it. And, and, and honestly, you know what the best part is? I don't know anything about music. I bought the (laughs) sun in music. And we spent $0.0 knocking off Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, (laughs) One Republic, and Morgan Wallen, even though I like Morgan. We like them Um, too. And, it wouldn't have been possible if, of course Donald Trump lending his voice to this great cause to raise money for Jan Six families. By the way, we're not making any money. And of course you have the power of truth social which shows us what free speech is all about. But more importantly, it's not us. Americans responded to the song in the video and said, Oh wow, this is amazing. This is powerful. And The music industry, I can tell you personally, is having a nuclear meltdown. (laughs) They tried to hit, hit pieces last night to leak it, and they couldn't even figure it out because they were so blown away by the fact that we had just crippled their empire.
5: Cash, that's a big thing that you said in there, and again, congratulations, because this is not something that's small, this is not something that's a flash in the pan, this is huge, you're number one on the billboard charts, you knocked off all of those multi-platinum uh, you know, record and uh, album singers off the top with this song, you mentioned that all proceeds are going to the defense funds for the January 6th families. And that's a, that's one of the things that a lot of people tend to hit Donald Trump, especially that he's not on Twitter right now by saying, uh, you want, you want to just elaborate a little bit on that and, and what the premise for getting this song out there to do that was for.
7: Yeah. And, and, and let's be absolutely clear. All net proceeds go to a certain January 6th families. We have a screening process. We're going to give to as many families as we possibly can. I wish the well were larger, um, but it is what it is. I mean, buying songs in the digital world is only twenty nine a song. So, you know, while we're racking up a lot, we've got the J6 PC keys, by the way, on fightwithcash.com. I think there's only 200 left. There you go. Um, and those won't be printed again. All of those proceeds are also going in there. And that's the point. You know, anyone that says Donald Trump doesn't care about the J6 family, he literally recorded his voice, lent it to this amazing song, our national anthem, and it was masterfully put together. And putting the money aside, we are raising so much awareness for the destruction of due process that's been evidenced by the judges and the prosecutors regarding so many of the January 6th defendants. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And now he is leading the way, Donald J. Trump. You're
5: going to be doing a little celebrating today by heading over to Truth Social Headquarters and hanging out with one of of our great friends, Devin Nunes and John Rich, in just a bit, aren't you?
7: Yeah, there's a rumor that uh, we're going to get together and, and just start talking about uh, the price of tea in China. Cause There's something else talking about
5: tonight. Man, Cash, you know, someone who who is involved in national defense, I do want to segue a little bit. We have this historic meeting between Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin going on right now. They're talking about all of these deals. This was a week after Xi Jinping was able to broker uh, some kind of, a, you know, long-standing squabble between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is someone who we provide both logistical and physical defense to. Oh, for yeah. What is going on with, with our foreign policy right now, and and what flavor of ice cream do you think Joe Biden's going to do to get himself through this?
7: Um, I don't think there's a combination of flavors that Baskin-Robbins <laughs> that can solve what Joe Biden has. Um, it's not 31 flavors. It's a million and one, and that guy's licking the wrong cone. But he, the the latest move that this guy pulled or didn't, I should say, because didn't do anything. Saudi Arabia just partnered a deal with a country that they were at war at a week ago, yep. the number one state sponsor, terror, Iran, who also has been trying to get a nuclear weapon, and Joe Biden's administration wanted to go back into the Iran nuclear deal. They found a way to basically flip off America and have Xi Jinping come into the party and say, hey, Saudi Arabia, we're going to establish diplomatic ties We're going to build embassies around. You're going to have access to our financial banking system and all the minerals and metals you need to build your nuclear program. If that's not the most devastating consequence of the Biden national security agenda, I don't know what is. Our enemies and adversaries have just collaborated to create more terrorism and more people that are going to hurt America. And Joe Biden is not even addressing it.
5: Yeah, it's it's really something as, you know, China and Russia meeting face to face in Moscow is alarming. But when you see some of the lead up to this, something that obviously went right under the radar with all the stuff going on with President Trump right now, uh, you know, it's it's kind of the Biden administration's way of hiding what's really going on is by keeping this crap uh, like what, you know, Alvin Bragg's doing up in New York with President Trump right now at the forefront of the regime media uh, and, and the way that they're delivering news to the American public. Now, we know you were uh, down in Mar-a-Lago this weekend. You, you, you probably spent some time with the 45th president. How is everything going with him, and, and what are his spirits like as he was kind of jet setting around the country? We know he took in the uh, NCAA Division One Men's Championships this weekend, in addition to uh, having some events down uh, over by his home.
7: Yeah, I was with them on Friday night, and unfortunately got to also spend some time with the First Lady. And they are in some of the best spirits I've ever seen them. I think they're just more driven every day that they are thrown a false accusation and a false narrative because they believe in fighting for America so much. And what was really cool was Donald Trump opened up Friday night's dinner at Mar-a-Lago by playing the song on the speaker system. And everyone stood up. And then gave him a standing ovation and started screaming USA at the end of it. It was really moving. So you see what's on the forefront of his mind. And, of course, he goes on offense the next morning and blacks Alvin Bragg and the corrupt state attorney system that's going down in New York City right now. And what does he do? He puts the entire world, the liberal, liberal left-wing mafia, on defense. They thought they had a slam dunk way to take out Donald Trump. And it turns out now, what happened today? I don't see an indictment. Maybe there'll be one in the future, but the fact that Donald J. Trump got these guys off the X is amazing. And a, and a, a feat that almost no one else, probably no one else can accomplish. So the biggest part about this is to educate everyone about the two tier system of justice and make sure they realize it's a reality while murders in New York city are spiking a hundred percent, a hundred percent. percent—that's not a made up stat, but they want to get Donald Trump on fake crime. People are seeing through the farce.
5: Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see. You, ha- you had some really pe- random people outside of the Trump orbit. I mean, Mike Pence and Chris Christie were coming out and saying, this is wrong, this is indefensible, this is not the way our justice system works. And then you had a little bit of silence from people like Ron DeSantis over the weekend where he kind of finally weighed in yesterday with some off-color remarks around pointing out the fact that this is a, a Soros-funded district attorney up there in New York. How did you uh, – kind of examined the governor's takes. And I don't really think it helped him out at all because a lot of people thought those comments didn't do anything to uh, improve his campaign status or or
7: future places in the polls. Well, I think only Donald Trump can actually masterfully pull off this masterclass maneuver. Not only did he annihilate the fake news, the two-tier system of justice, the political prosecution, and weaponization of our law enforcement community, both at the FBI and state level in New York. He also managed, to put Ron DeSantis, who is the Rhino Foundation, Inc., uh, savior of the Republican Party, yep. to blast that guy into silence. All Ron had to do was come out and say, hey, I'm anti this corrupt politicization of law enforcement. This is wrong, like so many others did. And he kept quiet. The political miscalculation that may even result in Ron DeSantis and now not even running.
5: I'll tell you what, they don't have any kind of the uh, apparatus. Set up around him down in Florida like Donald Trump They don't
7: have any apparatus.
5: Boom. Nailed it. Cash, last thing I want to touch with you on. I know you're on a tight schedule today. So we had Devin on the show on Friday. We got into the weeds a little bit when we were talking about some of Donald Trump's last appearance. uh, Devin kind of wanted to highlight some of the stuff going on within the Biden regime. Basically, he wanted to do a little preamble of uh, government gangsters. We suggested that his next appearance on the show would be one where you join us as well. And, and we do a standalone Elk for Breakfast Government Gangsters Preview Edition. Can you commit to that on the show today?
7: I'm committing to it 1,000%. I don't know about that CD character, Devin Nunes. He's pretty shady. <laughs> but if you can get him to do it, that will be awesome. Yeah, uh, And it's going to melt down the world when this book finally comes out. But I am taking these losers to federal court because uh, they won't let my manuscript out.
5: Hey, listen, we'll give our audience as much as a preview as you'll give them with Devin next time you're on the show at some point in April. Cash this has been awesome catching up with you. We hope you enjoyed uh, your time with uh, Devin and, and John Rich coming up here in just a little bit. We know there's only one place that we could find you on social media. Obviously, we're going to link the foundation and the iTunes where you could purchase the song today in the show description, but where are you at on True Social? Uh, at
7: Cash, at K-A-S-H, and I would say stay tuned for the next few hours. We're going to have some wild times on Truth Social, bring in some fun guests, and uh, maybe even see a fun poster, too, from the 45th and 47th president of the United States. So check out at Cash on Truth Social. Join us. Uh, get off those other loser platforms, that <laughs> Silence Free Speech, and come over and hang out with the winners of Justice for All Center on Truth Social.
5: It sounds like they're going to be having a good time then, as we had right now with the former chief of staff to the DOD, now soon-to-be-platinum record producer, Mr. Cash Thanks for joining <laughs> us on Steak for Breakfast.
7: Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great day. Appreciate you squeezing me in. Take care.
5: Make
12: sure. Uh, I, you, you, you can't
4: keep, can keep discriminating against some people in the briefing room because you don't like them, you don't like them. So you friends. have a choice.
12: No, you, you, you have a choice. You have a, a choice. A okay. in the
4: briefing room,
5: and I'm saying that that's not right. Yes. This is not China. This is not Russia. This is the United all States. Right. This is the White House. Not, not it's been seven months. I sent you the rest of of us are here talk. too, pal. It's he, so been seven months. You guys have not done anything for me.
1: If you have grievances, you should bring them to her later. I have. Right Don't now, that. this I've is for the done entire press, all press corps, and the up. press
4: corps is tired of dealing with this. I well, understand, understand
5: that you get questions all the time and you but don't decide really what it is to sit here for eight months and be discriminated hey, against.
6: understand you, that you're you in the front row and, and you been comfortable and you get questions all the time. But
1: there time. are people in the back who don't, don't get any don't questions. Don't make assumptions about what the rest of us do. Mind your manners when you're in here. If you have a problem, you bring it up afterwards. But you are impinging on everybody in here who's only trying to do their job. Okay, Sorry. thank
5: you. I'm saying that you shouldn't discriminate against some people because you don't agree with their question. You're offended by your, you made your question. Major
12: point.
8: We all heard it.
12: All right, guys. As you all know, many of you know, this is the White House Press Briefing Room, a historic room, a room that should have decorum, oh. a room where folks should respect their colleagues and respect the guests that are here. And I understand that there's gonna be give and take. That's the way the press briefing has gone for for decades before me. And I will always, always respect that. But what I will not, what I will not appreciate is disrespecting your colleagues and disrespecting guests who are here to talk, who were here, to talk about an incredibly important issue which is mental health. And what has just occurred this last 10, 15 minutes is unacceptable. Is concre- it it is unacceptable.
5: So we're, gonna, so
12: we're either going to continue the briefing or we can just end the briefing right here. No.
5: Well, as you could tell, it was a uh, cheerful mood in the White House press pool yesterday. Who did the, ah, was that KJP? You know, that was some of the shill regime-speak media counterparts of Simon Atiba who were speaking up against him while Korean Jean-Pierre and John Kirby and, and basically anybody else who's gone in the White House press pool over the course of the last eight months has, you know, have completely ignored him, as he's pointed out on this show. Yeah, And I think the final straw yesterday was you have all this stuff going down. Obviously, you want to be able to ask questions about the possible indictment of Donald Trump. Um, you want to be able to ask questions about the historic meeting of Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping going on this week. And instead, the Biden administration thought it was prudent and relevant to bring out the cast of an Apple TV series, Ted Lasso, and have them do a segment for their show at the White House press pool instead of field questions. Really? Yeah. This is where we're at. I don't even know what that is. Not a lot of people do. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is the star-failed Saturday Night Live actor. hmm and, uh, I would, I would give it like a D plus on a good day rating.
2: Mm.
5: Yeah. It's, it's, it's garbage television. You,
2: know, you can't get mad at uh, Simon for getting upset because like, dude, if, what if you had a job where your job was to just show up and ask questions and, and get sound bites for your media uh, conglomerate or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they're just going to ignore you completely for eight months. You're going to ignore the fact that you didn't say it. I didn't say it for right. a fucking reason. <laughs> We're not that show. Okay.
5: <laughs> no, but you're right, and so was he. And uh, they did eventually get to fielding questions, at which point Peter Ducey did want to ask about the supervillain team up between Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. Let's hear John Kirby field a question and we'll probably get garrisoned on that. Russia and China. It seems like this,
6: uh, these two superpowers are teaming up now against the U.S. Why did President Biden let this happen?
13: Peter (laughs) these are two countries that have let me stop you there long chafed as I said to Jeff long chafed um, at US leadership around the world um, and uh, more of a medium chafed and the network of alliances and partnerships that we have this is not this is not something that uh, these two countries just cooked up since President Biden got elected it is something that they have been since he's been
1: president he's talked tough he tried to pressure Putin and Xi to act right or risk
3: their standing on the world stage? Does he see now that they don't care?
13: I think if you ask a lot of Russians, they certainly care. Oh. I mean, this their economy is, is uh, barely being propped up by some pretty radical measures by, by Mr. Putin. False. Their military has uh, been uh roundly embarrassed inside Ukraine also um, and they continue to lose uh, uh, ground there um, and as for China again take a look at the way the president has really revitalized and restored alliances and partnerships that were let go if not ridiculed in the previous administration we have, Prioritize them. And there's no other nation around the world that has this alliance and partnership network that we do. Five of our seven treaty alliances are in the Indo Pacific. And President Biden has prioritized each and every one of
2: them. Uh. And that's the thing that pisses me off the most. You're going to keep telling us that Putin's being embarrassed, and the their military is embarrassed, and their country's failing, and yet we're still pumping money hand over fist into Ukraine like they need it.
5: you saw those handful of European countries have decided to send like it can't be both ways billions of dollars and unlimited ammunition to the front lines there in Ukraine over the weekend. God, I want unlimited ammunition. I think a lot of our listenership does, including myself and. Uh, You know what else I want is for everyone that's listening right now to make sure you subscribe to the show on wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, um, and then find us across social medias, True Social, Getter, Twitter, and Instagram. Type in Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Make sure you uh, are following all the great stuff we've got going on on this show as we're getting ready to sit down with uh, former ambassador to Iceland and talk about this a little bit more, Jeffrey Ross Gunter for the first time in just a few minutes. Peter Ducey would continue and uh, wanted to know about fear factors when it came to Joe Biden and his global counterparts.
3: Specific to these two leaders though, do you think that
6: Putin and Xi fear President Biden?
13: You'd have to ask them whether, whether they fear or, or, or they not. Okay. It is uh-huh. not about uh-huh. fear. It's Should- about President Biden advancing our foreign policy goals around the world is about president biden revitalizing these alliances and partnerships it's about president biden and what he's doing to preserve our national security interests around the world that's what we're focused on
1: scissor
5: me timbers exactly jesus you know anybody
2: that listens to this and takes any of what that guy just said fucking seriously, needs a fucking head
5: examined. Now you know why Ambassador Rick Rennell was dunking on him earlier in oh the show. God. He's always got good receipts on it. You know, all these stiffs in the Biden administration who, number one, shouldn't be in their positions, and number two, don't know what they're talking about. And, uh, you know, this comes on the heel of an historic meeting over the last 12 hours. Uh, President Xi and Vladimir Putin met face-to-face. The Kremlin, behind closed doors, for over five hours. And they came out to talk about and discuss not only their embolstered partnership, but the fact that they're going to be trading electrical products and petroleum supply related products now at an all time high level uh, when compared to the business they did in the past. So things are fine. Don't worry. And uh, everything's fine according to John Kirby. People are scared of Joe Biden. And are you scared of Joe Biden, Noah? No. (laughs) Not at all?
2: I'm scared of what he's doing to the country. Yeah,
5: I think a lot of people are. So by that rationale, yes,
2: I am scared of President Biden. Well,
5: I I think I can agree with you there. There are a lot of people that are extremely concerned with what's going on in the country. It's kind of the narrative that we've been pushing throughout the show. Uh, Even though the big shiny thing right now is what's going on with the district attorney's office in upstate New York, the fact of the matter is, is that the economy sucks, gas prices are going up, your kids aren't getting a proper education, CRT, critical race theory, Diversity, equity, and equality are being pushed everywhere. As the bank system collapsed, the homing market's starting to fail, and two of the biggest superpowers in the history of the planet are meeting right now and talking about our eventual demise. Um, we need to figure out some solutions, whether it be in the 2024 general election moving forward or now, congressionally, what our what some of our representatives in the House can get done and urge, especially why Mitch McConnell's in rehab, for his crack shell, not for anything else. Mm. To do something in regards to getting Joe Biden to do his actual job, instead of now, I believe he's been in office for a little over three point. I'm sorry, two point three years, and he spent over three hundred and ten days of it vacationing. So, you know, you're getting close to a full calendar year of his two-and-a-half-year presidency that he's been on vacation out of the White House, and we all know he doesn't do work when he's out. It's not like one of those other presidents where, you know, you see the photo op of them in their study, whether they're at Camp David or when Donald Trump would go down to Mar-a-Lago or, you know, wherever he would go, Bedminster during the Trump administration. It's just not happening. That guy goes and he walks around and eats ice cream and they keep him in the house so nobody could see him or get a soundbite from him. You know, they've asked him about his Chinese business dealing, i think three or four times that he's gone from the white house to try and get on marine one and he just like laughs in the people's face like not true jack and walks away (laughs) it's like this is the fucking president of the united states we've never been in such a bad situation like this and 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 it just goes to joe biden's weakness and and in our last audio clip of the day and before we jump on with ambassador jeffrey ross gunter we're going to hear senator marsha blackburn who we hope is going to continue to hold it down in the senate and what she thinks about this whole situation and joe biden
10: how would you be speaking
5: about this to I the Chinese?
10: I would pick up that phone and I would call Xi Jinping and I would say, look, you are killing our people with fentanyl. You're supplying that to the cartels. You cut it out. You come clean on COVID, or you see that trillion dollar trade deficit we had with you, that is going to evaporate. And he should be sanctioning members of the Chinese Communist Party that are carrying this out. Martha, they are carrying out a genocide on their own people. Look at what they've done to the Tibetans, uh, the Mongolians. Look at what they've done to the Hong Kong freedom fighters, bullying they do to taiwan and the philippines and the pacific island nations this needs to stop and this president of the united states will not make that call now he ought not to be sending anybody anybody over to china blinken shouldn't be trying to reschedule his trip this is joe biden's responsibility and Xi Jinping should have to come and meet with Joe Biden, not have our people going and groveling and trying to establish uh, some kind of accord with the Chinese Communist Party.
5: Hmm. Imagine that actually show a little bit of strength. I don't like what we're finding out about covid. Get your asses over here and talk to us about it. I don't like the fact that you're flying, you know, Senator John Kelly developed Chinese spy balloons over our country get over here and talk to us about it but no they won't sanction some of the highest members of the CCP probably because of compromised interests and you know what can you say the the fact of the matter is is that Joe Biden's never going to be the leader and these Obama retread holdovers that are all over our government they're not worried about that. They're worried about laundering as much money as they can into the Ukraine war so they all get their special interests met. They're worried into appropriating more money for climate related bullshit so we can, you know, figure out a way to not take care of any of the things. And that need to be fixed in the American public out of that flurry of posts that came out from from either Joe Biden or the official White House account yesterday. One of them was like a really long post, and it had like a very stoic picture of Joe Biden at the podium, which outlined part of his domestic infrastructure, uh, addressing that he's got done. I just quoted it and said, I can tell you Joe Biden's domestic infrastructure policy agenda in three words, Jack, East Palestine, Ohio. Yeah that's where we're at. That's what you need to know. And that's what we're going to continue to have as, you know, this regime takes the American public, the American way of life, life as we know it down an extremely dark path. If, if we were just commentating on this and we had no credentials whatsoever, it'd be one thing, but you, you bring people who sat at the biggest tables on the largest stages, uh, who were all kind of echoing the same alarm that's being sounded right now. And, uh, You have to take into consideration this is a much larger problem than pretty much anybody in the media and anybody in our government right now is making it. So as we're getting ready to sit down with uh, Ambassador Gunter for the first time, we'll probably be talking about a lot of stuff related to this and even more so what's going on with the 45th president of the United States. All right. Joining us next on the show today, he served as the ambassador to Iceland during the Trump administration and is making his steak for breakfast debut. We're really excited to host him. Jeffrey Ross Gunter. Thanks for coming on the show, Ambassador.
14: Hey, you guys. Just really uh, happy to be here and happy what y'all are doing. It's really tremendous work. So on behalf of so many of us thank you
5: oh we're doing the best we can we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join us and uh we've got a lot to talk about geopolitics wise uh we've been seeing so much stuff in the news going on with president trump and possible indictments up there in new york also you got the georgia stuff going on and possibility of stuff going in dc as well before we get jump into the to the big issues what's your uh you know i'm sure everybody's got a take on that what do you think about what's going on with the former president and how do you see this kind of shaping up moving forward I mean, the reality, it's unprecedented.
14: Never seen before where a former president has been charged. I mean, this is not prosecution. This is persecution. Um, to be quite honest, these really constitute prosecutorial misconduct and are truly un-American. And uh, the reality is New York's DA's office, they chose their target first and have been hunting for a crime ever since. So it, it, it's really, uh, it's a shame. And ultimately, it's its bad for America. and it, It's really un-American.
5: Yeah, for as much as it's going to uh, serve Donald Trump well to have to go through this storm, it, like you said, it's unprecedented that uh, you know a former president or basically anybody who who's been in a you know position like President Trump has to go through this, where they kind of telegraphed what their move was going to be. They actually campaigned on it, and then once they got there, they found something that was like not an actual crime. They resurrected it to a misdemeanor. They did not take into uh, context what the statute of limitations had passed. Now they're trying to elevate it to a felony, and here we are. It's, it, it's absolutely kind of been bananas up there in the New York DA's office, and uh, we're going to continue to track it here. But jumping into some of these uh, geopolitical issues for for some of the historical baddies to the United States, some non-allies, and maybe even some allies as well. I, I know we, we've been focusing on Xi Jinping's historic visit to Russia and all the developments going on there uh, this week, but before we get into that, How concerning was it for you uh, to someone that held the office that you did during the Trump administration to see the deal that China was able to broker between Iran and Saudi Arabia just over a week ago?
14: Um, They're filling vacuums. Let's face it.
5: Uh, Joe Biden's a lead
14: from behind leader. And whenever you do that, various adversaries and various people will fill the vacuum created. So Think about it. Uh, China for a long time has been exerting this Belt and Road Initiative. It's not only for financial gain, but most importantly, it's for them to get political gain. So basically, Joe Biden has created a huge highway for their Belt and Road Initiative where they're going to exert their influence wherever they can. And first and foremost, they, they're doing it in the Middle East. And uh, now they're looking towards uh, building strong ties with Russia. And that's what you get. You create a vacuum and bad actors uh, follow right in.
5: Now, when you talk about uh, those strategic wins for China, we started in the Middle East. Obviously, we see they've got a lot of workings going on in Afghanistan where we had the disaster withdrawal at the beginning of the Biden administration and, uh, you know, are, are working on some of the reconstruction. Obviously, they're collaborating with the the Taliban there, uh, you know, reverse engineering U.S. technology that was left in theater. And, and now you have this meeting between uh, Putin and Xi Jinping that's going on this week. We saw the announcement this morning that they've agreed to uh, increase the trade of electrical products and and. and the petroleum supply Uh, is China right now flying past the United States as as far as being the world leader in regards to brokering the ways and means of how the world's going (laughs) to operate.
14: They're definitely flying well with non-democratic countries. Let's face it. These are gifts that are being hand delivered to the Chinese. Um, This relationship they have with, with Russia now will not only last five years, 10 years, but way into the future. China, as we all know, plays long ball. Yep. They, 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 they have the long game in mind. And them able to secure the uh, amount of uh, liquefied natural gas from Russia will help them tremendously as they try to exert their influence around the world. And quite honestly, it, it's a loss for America uh, because the relationship currently with Ukraine and uh, Russia and the conflict going on there. More people will be hurt. It's harder to exert influence on the Russians to get this thing over with. When you have China uh, giving them an opportunity to raise revenue and uh, continue their uh, their assault on the Ukrainian people, it's bad all the way around. And again, it's a vacuum that's been created by uh, Joe Biden and uh, Americans are less safe because of it
5: yeah no, we agree with you on that point. now we we've had a couple of people on the show that have had different opinions on this, a couple of former ambassadors, including yourself, a lot of people who have worked in in you know uh, Department of Defense and stuff like that. So what is your take on on the battlefield? just black and white, can Ukraine win this war versus Russia uh, where it currently stands?
14: I think ultimately there's going to be a negotiated settlement. I think ultimately someone in the room has to get the parties together and find a solution to it. Um, I think that's what Donald Trump would have done. Yeah, I think to be quite honest, none of this, none of this would have happened if we had a strong, forceful Trump, pre- pr- Trump presidency. And think about the devastation that happens when you have weaknesses exhibited by the Biden administration. Um, it's almost kind of deja vu all over again. It's uh, Neville Chambers uh, slicing up uh, Czechoslovakia. Um, these are all appeasement activities. and every time you see appeasement and Joe Biden saying, well, You know, maybe they'll just give them a little slice. It invites this type of aggression, and we've seen it time and time and time again. It's deja vu all over again right now in Ukraine.
5: Why do you think people like Joe Biden and and John Kirby over at the State Department and the Department of Defense have been so reluctant to want to broker some kind of at least negotiations between russia and ukraine on any level and then have come out as late as yesterday and said if china is able to broker even a ceasefire the united states is not going to acknowledge it as part of this formal war that's going on right now
14: i can't really i, I don't really know where he's going on that to be honest with you i i can't read his mind i i think basically they're a little overwhelmed right now would be my interpretation sure they see what's going on between china in the middle east they see what china's doing in russia And really, they've had kind of somewhat of a reactionary policy when it comes to U.S. policy instead of a forward-thinking America First policy that we in the Trump administration had.
5: Yeah, uh, it's it's been a long time since peace through strength, but I think there's a lot of people in the United States, even some Democrats, moderates, uh, independents, and and probably people that are looking to walk away in the 2024 election cycle that are that are missing peace through strength now. And uh,
14: oh, so so true. I mean, so smart that you bring that up. Look at it. the Reagan Revolution. Ronald Reagan used to say was a result of two things: it was a newfound American patriotism, and it was common sense. The Trump Renaissance period that we witnessed. During the time of Donald Trump was exactly the same thing. We had we had not only a great new sense of American patriotism, but we had common sense. And certainly what we're seeing right now, uh, on behalf of the Biden administration is non common sense. They they just don't get it. It's sad. It's really sad. And people around the world are paying the price for it.
5: Do you think the American public really understands how dangerous of times we're living in right now? There's so many distractions going on. I mean, you're talking about this visit between uh, the leader of China and the leader of Russia going on right now, which is something that hasn't happened, number one, in so long, and number two, at the highest levels like, what they're negotiating at now. And then all you have on TV is things like the Donald Trump possible indictments when, when we're literally continuing to poke you know, two of the biggest armies – military forces, nuclear superpowers on the planet behind the scenes and the American public kind of really might not be able to wrap their brains about how serious it is when they go to bed one night they might wake up the next morning and it's in a completely different planet that they did uh, when they went to sleep the night before
14: Yeah, I I can't say what the American public knows or doesn't know, all I know is they're being treated terribly right now by the Biden administration, Absolutely, they sit there and witness for their families, they see um, schools that are trying to advocate for CRT they, they, they see uh, an inability of justices to define what a man and a woman is. They see uh, thousands of people pouring over their border. They see illegal immigration. They see inflation at all-time highs. So I, I think the American public are not only getting overwhelmed and saturated with all these horrific things happening as a result of Biden's policies domestically, but also you couple it with all these international things that will have long term consequences and reverberations over many over many years and it, it, it's sad and it was preventable and uh it would never have happened under uh our administration under President Trump's watch.
5: And, and we feel that it won't happen in a future Trump administration as well. Uh, that's kind of been the whole premise of uh, you know, a lot of the things we kind of unpack for our listenership on the show. And, and although it might not be your opinion going into the argument, once you start unpacking it and kind of laying out the facts of where we were and where we're currently at, it's kind of easy to see. Ambassador, this was great sitting down with you today. We've unpacked a lot of stuff, which I think the best part for our listenership is, is this is a guarantee that we could get you back at some point in the near future and continue on to unpack it a little bit more. For anyone that wants to follow you though whether it be website social media or anything we'll live link it in the show description today if you want to uh let everybody know where we could find you
14: ambassador jeffrey ross Gunter.com. and uh, i just want to thank you guys for uh for everything that you're doing for your support of uh, the values and principles that are important to us for great support of our great veterans and for your great uh support of uh truth and freedom in america and you're carrying out an essential role and I'm blessed and honored to be with you guys today.
5: Well, those are some of the goals that we try to do every week here on the show, Ambassador. You helped us hit some of those benchmarks today. This is the former ambassador to Iceland during the Trump administration, Jeffrey Ross Gunter. Thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you. Better than an average way to start the week. What do you think, Noah? Outstanding. Busy news week already for a Tuesday, but uh, we can only expect it to get busier. If you enjoyed this episode of the Steak for Breakfast podcast and want to hear the now over 200 other editions of the show, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, FM Player, Pod Addict, Google Podcasts, or even in the Samsung store. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Leave a review. And don't forget to download, this and like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds go to all of our amazing guests today. Former chief of staff to the DOD, great friend of the show, Cash Patel, former ambassador to Germany. A little work at the U.N. as well, Ambassador Rick Grinnell. And joining us for the first time, it was great talking with Ambassador Jeffrey Ross Gunter. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules, gents, to help make stakes great again. Guys, don't forget, you got to go throw some of your hard-earned cash, even in these hard economic times at our partners, because when you do that, it helps make small American businesses great again, namely My Pillow. I'm not going to lie, I love the version 2.0. It's definitely fluffier, and it is cooler, as advertised. You enter promo code STEAK HERE. You're going to get buy one, get one free. If you're more of a morning person, they've launched My Coffee. It's delicious. Noah can attest to that. I like it. It's delicious. Enter promo code STEAK HERE. You're getting 25% off your order, 50% off when you make it a monthly subscription. MyPillow.com forward slash STEAK for anything pillow-related. If you want the coffee, MyStore.com forward slash STEAK, or you can always talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear and the best damn headphones that I've ever owned can only be found at Odyssey if you're in the studio recording you're making some music dropping some beats apparently like Cash Patel is now <laughs> or even doing a little potting you gotta get those ear needs taken care of and done up right make the investment odyssey.com you can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well man rubs I made some man rubs chicken the other day mixed it with uh, broccoli and pesto it was delicious Ooh. In a promo code, stay here. You're getting 15% off your order. Manrubs.com is the website. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. Our good friend Alan, who's not with us for the first time in a month, he's the CEO of the Patriot Cigar Company. In a promo code, stay here. You're getting 15% off. All orders over 100 bucks, free shipping, and a $10 e gift card is included with every purchase. MyPatriotCigars.com, a premium smoke for freedom loving patriots. And our newest partner, Farmer Bill's Premium Beef Jerky. You get a promo code steak here. You're getting 5 bucks off your purchase. If you order a 12-pack of jerky, you're getting free shipping. Check out all the great stuff they've got going on down at FarmerBillsProvisions.com. Upcoming shows we will be back on Friday. Still waiting for a confirmation from Congressman Corey Mills, but Congressman Mike Collins will be here. They confirmed with me this morning. And uh, Jim Nells, who's putting out a new piece today at the Washington Examiner and a new piece later this week at the Daily Wire will be back to talk to us about all things related to the economy as well. Max Miller and Boris Epstein will be here on the 28th. Newsmax contributor Brian Lieb will be here on the 31st, as will John Solomon. He's already excited to come back on Steak for Breakfast. Looking at April. On the 4th, Christina Bob and Rasmussen polling Mark Mitchell will be here. Jake Denton's coming in on the 14th. Josh Hammer's penciled in for the 18th. And we're, uh, as you guys always know, our schedule is a work in progress Friends of the week, got my list right in front of me here. Can never forget our Truth Social Twitch streamer crew, always sharing our stuff. Beastie Man 420, Siberian Kitten, CSM Masters, and the whole rest of the Minecraft crew. Some t- call me Tim79, love Steak for Breakfast. We love that he shares all of our content. Brandon Dilly and the Dilly 300, big time sharing Steak for Breakfast content this week. Thanks for the show mentions as well. Here's the reciprocation. No, fire it up because we can't forget our favorite. Mr. Ghost Hammer. Oh, scissor me timbers. He gets the fully. William S. Miguel And NN. Spoopy. He was sharing during the show today. BK, one of our great friends and former guests. Tom Papert was sharing some steak for breakfast material this week. Can't forget the meme team. Machiavelli meme, silent meme, Geordie, CP3 meme, had a great Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi video that came out this week it was a collab with ramble rants who gets the message as well grand old memes that southern dude who white memes thank you very much for making our cover of our latest Substack. that was a great face swap with joy reed and alvin bragg loved it let's go brenda john hacker la mags lauren eve puts out more videos of the highest quality than anyone i've ever seen and pop memes things to remember between now and friday number one do your own research You heard a lot of people kind of lay out the whole Donald Trump indictment thing today. You want to know if this is legit or not, go and do your own research. Number two, start a podcast. Not bad. You're welcome. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. Indicting former President Trump is not American greatness. And justice for all being at the top of the billboard charts, though, however, is. We don't talk about American greatness enough. Let's start talking about it again. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 223 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, and we'll be back with 224 on Friday. Jim Nell's Mike Collins already scheduled. On behalf of the pod team, I'm our own Noah. Later. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week, and take care. Your power's a weak, old man.
0: You can't win, Darth strike me down i shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine